to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly for the episode that we did not want to record. It's been a few weeks now, Holly, since our, our disaster there. How you doing? Well, finally, finally getting over things. This is not the Super Bowl week episode we wanted to record. But here it is. Here we are. I guess go Chiefs. I I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know it's uh, it's uh, yeah yeah not a not a fun way to end the season. That is for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, maybe we can just do a quick recap. Uh, I don't think we have to go through all phases of the game or anything like that since it's been a few weeks. But um, just high level, I felt like the Ravens got outside of themselves a little bit. Um, there was a lot of lead up, and Lamar Jackson is. You know, doing a lot of thinking about last year's playoff loss. And, you know, he'd been thinking about that all year. I mean, I, I think that, you know, maybe he at times was pressing a little bit, trying to do a little bit too much. Um, I think that the play calling was, you know, got away from what we're really good at a little bit. Uh, but, you know, there's there's just a lot of things went right for the Tennessee Titans. A lot of things didn't go right for the Ravens. And the, the Titans pretty much needed everything to go in their favor to win the game and, and that's how it went yeah I mean I, I I look at it this way I mean I you know it, it I never felt good about the game really I mean I think if if even even during the last podcast we recorded I think you had to somewhat talk me into <laughs> you know feeling better about things as you yeah as yep, you read exactly. off some numbers you know and 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 my concern was, that certainly once Ryan Tannehill took over as the Titans quarterback, they were a completely, it's almost like they were a completely different team offensively and defensively. And you almost had to throw all the numbers before that out the window. And unfortunately they were just, they were the exact kind of team. I didn't want to see the Ravens have to play again. And, and, and they flipped the script on the Ravens. You know, they, they overpowered us on the ground. They scored early. They they turn you know forced a couple turnovers to get the advantage and never let that go. And that's a you know in a broad sense that's what the Ravens do to people. Yep. And did all year. And that's how they went fourteen and two. And unfortunately, in their own way, the Titans were able to flip the script and the Ravens were just never able to catch up. I mean, you look at the things that, you know, going into the game, all these people, you know, I I had to get away from things with as much crap as Lamar Jackson was getting and people blaming him for the loss and things. And you go, hold on a second. Hayden Hurst catches that touchdown pass. You know, uh, Mark Andrews catches two or three balls. Seth mm-hmm. Roberts catches oh, two or three man. balls. Yeah, Seth it's Roberts a completely, yeah. completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look, did Lamar have his best game? Certainly not, but he still had 500 total yards. I mean, crazy. Uh, so there are definitely. Th- I think. I think, and 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 we'll we'll get into this more later. But I'm I'm hopeful that. This is what this team needed to truly understand how it needs to evolve to become a consistent winner. Because let's be real, the defense was smoke and mirrors all year. I mean, if there was a coordinator, you know, of the year position, Wink Martindale would be getting it on defense with all the changes and injuries and guys off the street that are performing that next week, you know, all of that stuff is unbelievable. And it just, at some point it was gonna break and it's just a damn shame. It happened in the playoffs instead of, you know, week 16, but all the injuries and, you know, probably a little bit of the the layoff and nerves caught up. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can't really disagree with anything you said there. I mean, like you said, can't strictly blame Lamar um, for the loss. I'm sure, you know, he also would agree that, you know, there were some things that he could have done better for sure. But, you know, uh, he was let down by his pass catchers. Uh, the, the pass to Seth Roberts was such a killer because in that part of the game, in that at that point in the game, the Ravens would have been right back in it. And instead it was like third and 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason that I say there was a lot of that the Ravens got out of the way that they usually play a little bit is there were so many second and tens, you know, the incomplete pass on first down. And yeah, that's not really what the Ravens did all year. And, you know, for a long time in the game, it was not completely out of hand, but the defense hadn't shown the ability to get too many stops. And I guess like that kind of pressure started to mount on the plate calling a little bit, started to mount on the offense. And I, I think that not having a completely healthy Ingram was that can't be understated. I mean, he was so important to the offense all year, but you know, but we also have Gus Edwards who, who, who performed really well this year when we asked him to. So, but you I know. think it was a, it, it was sort of a, we didn't have any injuries that were catastrophic, mm-hmm. but it was all the bumps and bruises and more than bruises and bumps that added up. You know, you think yeah. about, you know, the Andrews, for example, that we saw, you know, I didn't watch it live, but in the highlights in the Pro Bowl, that was that was the Mark Andrews we saw for three quarters of the season until he, he started hobbling a little. Yeah, you know, um, you get Mark Andrews, or excuse me, Mark Ingram. You know, hob- you know, he looked back to his old self. You know, in in with a couple of his runs in the Pro Bowl, when you just kind of go, God, you know, mm-hmm. those those couple late injuries that, while the guys were still able to play. That drop in performance was just enough to make the difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I think that the 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 positive thing here is uh, this team's going to be back next year. You know, where there's mm-hmm. so much returning talent. You know, we are going to talk about some of the guys that maybe won't be around next year. But there's a lot of returning talent, and and I think the major key here is the window is open. And you have to capitalize on the window because what the Patriots did being good for like 20 years and, you know, that doesn't happen. So when you have your window as narrow or wide as it may be, you have to win during the window because uh, I I listened to a part of my take by Barstool Sports and Big Cat is is a big Bears fan. And he had a really good example. Last year's Bears. So the not that not this season, but last season, that was probably their best shot at at a title. And they fell short because of the double doink. Right. They had the really good defense. They had Trubisky playing so much better than he did this year. That was their shot and they didn't do it. And all of a sudden it feels like it's falling apart. You can say the same thing about the Jags, uh, the recent iteration of the Jags with Blake Bortles playing well. And, you know, that might not have been exactly who he is. And then the defense kind of falls apart of the, and the team collapses on itself and, you know, they miss the playoffs this year. This team going into next year needs to make sure that they capitalize on the window. Might there be some regression? Yes. Like, are they going to go 14-2 and two again? Maybe not, but this will still be a really good team. Is Lamar Jackson going to be the MVP again? Maybe, maybe not, but he'll still be a fantastic quarterback. They need to take advantage of this time. And it, like, in a way, reminds me of the 2011 Ravens, who are probably even more talented and, and a better team than the Super Bowl-winning team the next year. But, like I said, I mean, they took advantage the next year. And I think that'll be really, really important um, as the Ravens go into this next season. You know, there's always building blocks. You know, you think about, and I think I've talked about this before, you know, there's always the the ebbs and flow of the season, the story of the season. I mean, you think about, um, you know, growing up, how excited, like, I was for the, you know, season recaps, you know, watching some, you know, on a a Mm -hmm. lazy Sunday in the offseason when, yeah, they'd have the NFL film stuff on and all that stuff, or or maybe it was a, 
you know, NFL on HBO thing and inside the NFL kind of show or something like that. But anyway, the season recap for each of the teams, you know, and, and, and there's always that point where, you know, well, the next season, then they learn from those mistakes and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, you know, and they're triumphant, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And it feels like that's what hopefully this is. You know, this is that young team they've had, you know, the trials and tribulations of, you know, suddenly bursting onto the scene as this explosive offense and everything else. And all these young players realizing, oh, my gosh, we've got we've got something in here, you know, and you just think that, as you said, I mean, this is just the first step. You know, now now is when you start to build upon it and when you have Lamar Jackson still on his rookie quarter or rookie contract and you're able to, you know, add in those those veteran guys here and there that that may want to take a I dare say lower contract to come play with Lamar Jackson and win a Super Bowl you know I mean that's that's the kind of thing we might be able to start seeing here and there that maybe a team like the Patriots was able to do that that because guys wanted to go play with Tom Brady so that's that's the cool thing the Ravens have now is there's the possibility of maybe some better depth being created by some veterans that just want to come play with Lamar Jackson. So that's yeah. exciting. Um, now, certainly the cap situation, you know, it's not perfect. I think the Ravens right now are 28 million under the cap with uh, with some moves they can still make with some players. I think, you know, You've got Jefferson. I mean, we can get into this more in a minute if you want to keep talking about the season. But obviously, there are players we can we can cut and maneuver with. So they're going to have to be careful. But you know, it's time to time to roll. This is the window. It's just opening for us. So I I don't see it closing anytime soon. Yeah, for sure. And and maybe just our last thing here, talking about the season, and and before we move on to the future here is. You know, the classic question, was this season a success? And despite not bringing home any, you know, AFC championship trophies and not bringing home the Super Bowl trophy, I do consider this season a success. What do you think? Yeah, was it a disappointment in some ways? Yes, but that doesn't that doesn't change how amazing the season was. The season that Lamar had the season that just the offense had in general, the the coaching staff, the the way we saw this team come together, the whole big trust phenomena, you know, it was, it was a fun season. It was, I mean, the Ravens went 14 and two. I mean, it's a, it's a damn shame they didn't win the Super Bowl, but you know, or I guess technically 14 and three, but anyway, you know, Absolutely, it was a success. I mean, it just—I I can't look at it as anything but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to. The emergence of Lamar Jackson, uh, the emergence, like you know, they said they were going to change the way that offense is played, and uh, you know, maybe not like crazy revolutionary uh, as they were talking about, but it was—I mean, it was the best offense in the league as far I as mean, like, scoring I, and things, but, you know. I think they may have. I'm sorry to speak over you there. I they may have kind of called it though because it. Yeah. Think about it. The 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 teams that last ran for two thousand yards or whatever it was, whatever our final rushing yard number was, and the fact that we, you know, I think the average rush rushing yards per game and all that stuff. I mean, we were breaking records or or at least approaching numbers that hadn't been approached since like the early 70s mm-hmm. you know for teams like the the OJ Simpson Buffalo Bills kind of teams you know i mean yeah. Yeah. that's that's rarefied air as far as just rushing teams go so that's to to do that in today's NFL that has been all about you know throwing the football over the last decade i i think that is i mean they and and more more power to 
you know, and, and props to John Harbaugh and the coaching staff for coming out and saying that and actually doing it for the most yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think this could be considered one of the greatest offenses of all time. Um, you know, as far as a, a lot of the like saber metrics go, if, if that's how you want to yeah. say it, compared to, you know, like the crazy Patriots offenses. Uh, with like Tom Brady and Randy Moss and and those guys, I think this this often stacks up favorably uh, in in some of those other areas. The other thing that I want to talk about is the emergence of a lot of really good young players. I mean, Ronnie Stanley and uh, Orlando Brown Jr. across the front. Um, Hollywood Brown, he, I think he has a, a ways to go as as becoming a more complete receiver, but. He was good. I mean, for a rookie receiver, yeah, I think absolutely. He, he, when he was healthy, he was a really good player for us. And then if you look on the other side of the ball, I mean, Marlon Humphrey, he's an all-pro. We acquired Marcus Peters. We already extended him. He was all-pro. Chuck Clark it was a revelation. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it in that sense of, like, the young talent that is bursting onto the scene, and, and not to mention all the other uh, pro bowlers. I didn't even mention my guy, the Mandrews. I mean, there is just so much, op- so much to be optimistic about individual talent wise that, you know, this coaching staff has so much to work with as they go forward. And luckily there's not really too many gaps to fill. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I mean, there are some holes, but there really is a lot of clay to work with already on the roster. So, I mean, in that sense, it's even a success in my mind. And, and yeah, I mean, it would have been great to win the Super Bowl, but look, that doesn't happen every year. And, and I think the Ravens have a really good shot at, and they they are in already in a really good position to chase after it again next year. And, you know, we talked about just mentioned like the young talent. And, and you know, if you want to transition on to the Pro Bowl, I can be honest with you right now. I did not watch one second of it other than what the Ravens <laughs> posted on social media. Did you watch anything? You know, I, I did I, not watch. All yeah. I did honestly was watch the highlights about 15 minutes prior to us recording. I had read a couple oh, yeah. things briefly. Um, you know, most of the highlights I have to admit, from yesterday ended up being just the fact that the moment of silence for Kobe rest in peace um, with that terrible news. But, you know, um, that's really the most I saw of the game yesterday until today. You know, it's, it's still, you know, it's fun to see the guys playing it. It's terrible. I mean, even watching some of the highlights, like one guy for the, was it Fletcher Cox that scored a touchdown for the Eagles or, or somebody, somebody, big old defensive lineman from the Eagles ran like something, ran something back for an incredibly long, incredibly, incredibly longer than he should have. Let's just put it that way. He should have been tackled, and guys are just like running next to him, going, "Ha ha, you're going to score." It's like, why is this fun for us to watch? I really don't, I really don't get it. Yeah, and that's why I don't watch. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about as far as the yeah. return goes. But it's uh, terrible. I, I mean, these it. are all the yeah. reasons why no one watches the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still good for our guys to get there. I think they oh, get a little absolutely. bonus for winning, so good for them. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I think you know it was it was talked about a little bit before, but uh, really good for our guys and our coaching staff to get around other stars in the league. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. I think that. Uh, you know, especially sending guys like Mark Ingram down there to uh, yeah. you know, chat up some of the other talent around the league. They're like, hey, we got some special here. You know, why don't you come on and play and Lamar was next doing season? his yeah. thing all week. And, yeah. you know, yeah. even during the game, some of the clips of him, like, handing out cups of water and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's – and that can only help. You know, yeah. and right. let's be real – you know, we may look back at this and go, you know, I don't, I can't think of someone off the top of my head who we might sign. But let's say we get someone big that was in the Pro Bowl this year, and we can look back and go, actually, it wasn't so bad to lose to the Titans after all. 
Yeah, maybe Jadavion Clowney. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I'm All thinking right, well, he, we'll he's not on the it. AFC squad though. So like I mean not that it wouldn't right, still hung not that they can't, you know, hang out with Jadavion and Clowney too, but you know, I'm I'm wonder I wonder we'll have to take a look at that AFC squad and see if there's anyone uh, out there that uh anyway, maybe a podcast to come. We'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what, let's get right into it. I mean now that the season is over, um, I got into some free agency and draft stuff maybe a little bit earlier than I wanted. But like I said, there are some holes to fill on this on this roster. There's there's some needs. I think wide receiver is a need. I think interior defensive line is a need. I think edge is a need. And always secondary depth is a need. We have free agency coming up. We have the draft coming up. There's a lot of possibility here. You mentioned before the Ravens aren't in the best cap position, but they're in a lot better spot than they have been in, in, in the several seasons in the past. So they do have some wiggle room to make some moves here. Do you expect any splash signings and free agency, or are you looking for most of the holes to be filled via the draft? I think it's going to be an exciting free agency. Mm, I think okay. for a couple reasons. So I think, I think number one, let me get this off the plate. I, I think you're definitely going to see some maneuvering on the current Ravens roster. I think certainly Tony Jefferson is gone. I think the Ravens can save something like six to $7 million or something like that on the cap by cutting him. So that's, that's a definite, I mean, Thank you for your service, sir, but he is gone. Um, you know, so that I think that leaves the Ravens somewhere in that like 33, something like that, 33, 34 under, under the cap. I do think they're going to make some big moves. I think it could end up being trades more so than free agency. Um, I think, you know, we talked a little bit and we can get into this more in a minute. There's some rumors and rumblings about you know, maybe even doing a tag and trade with the Judon, making a move like that. And let me just say, after this last first season of seeing Eric DaCosta fully in charge, I'm all for him making a trade any day of the week. Considering we we turned, what, Kari Bedvik into Marcus Peters and then signed him to a, an extension to continue to have one of the best secondaries in football, that is freaking amazing. Now, speaking of our secondary, I don't mean to digress too much from free agency in your question, but the other guy that people keep talking about us cutting is Carr. And let me say, Brandon Carr, to me, at this point, has become too important to our defense because of his um, just being steady, and he's always going to be out there. And the fact that he can now play both corner and safety at a fairly high level I think makes him too important to cut. Would you disagree with that, or are you are you fine to, to cut Carr? That is is interesting because that also likely involves a decision on Jimmy Smith, and it's it's a team option for Carr. Um, so if they want to pick it up, I think his his salary cap hit is five million so a little bit less than what save the savings would be from cutting jefferson i think i agree with you i think he's a little bit too valuable uh you know his versatility his availability uh week in and week out i i think you got to bring him back if not just for his ability to to play outside hopefully he won't have to play safety uh, is is my is my thought because you got you you're getting a guy like Tavon Young back uh, in the slot, so you know not really having to have a slot guy a safety in the slot, and you're also getting Deshaun Elliott back. Uh, Chuck Clark is up there full time. Earl Thomas. So I'm hoping Brandon Carr wouldn't wouldn't have to play too much safety. Well, and I don't like- necessarily mean though as like a starting safety, but in that hybrid. You know, the way the Ravens have been playing defenses, especially this past season, with five, six defensive defensive backs on some plays, 
having that extra guy who can kind of match up where needed, depending on what the offense is doing. That's kind of what I mean by the versatility mm-hmm. that Carr has. More so yeah. than saying like he's going to start next to Earl Thomas. I don't. I don't necessarily no, want to no, see that, right. but I like the right. versatility. I would love for that to be Deshaun Elliott, though. And and unfortunately, he keeps getting hurt. But I think yeah. he really fits that hybrid position very well because he can also hybrid into a little bit of a linebacker spot as well, which Brandon Carr can't do. So. I really envision, you know, the defense at its best with Deshaun Elliott out there in that hybrid spot. But like you said, Brandon Carr can play both at a very high levels, corner and safety. So I think he is a little bit too valuable to give up. Jimmy Smith, on the other hand, um, doesn't have as I don't think he has any experience at safety, but he did play at a pretty high level after coming back this year. And he, he was, did. you know, it, it would be tough to see him go. I do think that another team pays him though. And, and I, I think do too. that uh, that price tag is going to be a little bit too high for the Ravens, especially with some of the other uh, guys that I think they might go after. So uh, unfortunately, yeah. you know, Jimmy Smith has been a really good player for the Ravens for a really, really long time. Unfortunately, I think um, he is going to move on from us. Remember the Ravens play that comp pick game. You know, mm-hmm. and if they are going to go end up going after somebody like uh, Shaquille Barrett or Shaq Lawson or one of these one of these guys, you know, mm-hmm. that that they might want to try to get on the free agent market, you know, Jadavian Clowney, you know, whoever the case may be, you know, they're going to need to give up a guy to yep. make that up similar to how they were fine with going after Earl Thomas when they knew they were getting a couple other comp picks from some other guys that had just left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. That's, that's really important to remember. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I hadn't considered that yet, but that's a really, really good point. Um, let's see. Otherwise, what about the edge? That's, that's been an issue for a while. And let's talk about Matthew Judon. You, you mentioned the sign, the, the sign and trade signing him to the franchise tag, or at least tagging him. I don't know that he needs to sign it because it can be revoked as a part of a trade. So that's interesting. How do you, how do you feel about this? Uh, you know, Matt Judon potentially not getting the extension that we all thought that he would get earlier on in the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of intimated how I, I feel a little bit ago. I really like Matt Judon up until this, news today i mean i i wanted to see us figure out a way to not have to tag him to ease the cap burden but i fully anticipated us tagging him and you know having him for at least one more year but you know based off last off season it certainly seems very possible we end up with the 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 tag and trade scenario and and like i said i i have to I have to be honest with you. If we were to end up, I think, you know, let's say we got a two and a four for Judon. I mean, maybe that's not, maybe that's not going to replace Judon directly, but maybe that allows us to do something else or move two twos to somebody for who knows who I, I mean I'm just I it it certainly I, I let me put it this way giving Eric DaCosta more inventory to make deals whether that be cap room or whether that be draft picks is never a poor choice is it always going to be the right choice We'll see, but I don't think it's a poor choice. I I see your point of view, and and I think a lot of people are saying that, you know, getting the extra assets in the draft to try to address this issue. The way that I see it is the pass rush has been an an issue uh, for a long time, and, and Judon seems to be a player that can generate his own pass rush fairly consistently. After him... There's not really much there. I mean, like Tyus Bowser had a nice year, but I mean, 
He's not he's not the player that Matthew Judon is. Come on, man, sack daddy. Your boy Jalen wow. Ferguson. Yeah, but I mean, I think he's got some growing to do as well. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, if he turns into the sack daddy, that'd be great. But I just think that the lack of other guys at the position, it, we're not in a we're not in we're not in a we're not in a spot in which we can we can treat Judon as as a luxury and trade him away and and because you know what he is you don't know what a draft pick is going to be and yeah, I guess I that's agree. why draft picks have so much value because they could be anything but you have a known quantity here and it kind of goes against the. Uh, the pattern that the Ravens have been setting up recently of, of rewarding your own guys. And it kind of started with Kayvon Young, played well, reward him. LJ Fort came in and played well, reward him. Marcus Peters, reward him. Patrick Ricard, inter- uh, um, internally developed guy, reward him. It feels weird for all of a sudden to just snap and do this with Judon after they have kind of set that precedent with four or five guys now. And, uh, you know, Judon was a small school guy. The Ravens believed in him. They drafted him in the fourth round. He's blossomed into a pretty good player. It just feels weird for me to, for them to break that pattern. And it might potentially send a weird message to the other young guys on the team and maybe even other young guys who may be free agents as well. I don't know. That's, that's just what I think. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know if if that really holds any water with you, but, um, that, that's that's how I'm feeling on the situation. I, at this you know, point. as far as as far as the you know how it affects other guys, I, I think that's probably less of a concern on my end. But with all that said, I mean, Judon certainly proved to be one of the leaders on the defense this year, and and certainly is an affable, good dude. It se- certainly seems like it. I, I like him a lot off the field. So I mean, I. I, I somewhat get what you're saying there, but it's also a business. It is what it is, especially when the Ravens are are as good as they are with the compensatory picks and everything else. I mean, it, in my mind, it's it, you know once a player gets to this point, I don't know. I mean, it it, it kind of becomes a big question about whether they're going to remain a Raven. Um, so uh, so I don't know. I I. I I just keep going back like is Judon really now look he was a monster this year and hopefully for him he is fantastic moving forward for the rest of his NFL career but I I've, I've just never looked at Judon and thought man that's the guy that I want to make sure we have as the cornerstone of our defense and and that's no knock on on him in any way it's just he just hasn't stood out to me to be that guy that I want to make sure the Ravens spend a lot of money on you know, if they were able to, yeah. you know, if they were able to somehow get, I don't, I don't want to, like, let's say they get uh, Gerald McCoy, you know, for some inside pass rush, mm, and yes. then you know, draft some linebackers, and you know, maybe find a couple solid vets for that, you know, who are more maybe they're. Maybe they're set the edge guys, but you know, then you've got young pass rushers, Gerald McCoy, you know, all that. Maybe that's the way they go rather than, you know, going with Judon. You know, I I don't know. I, I mean it's all about how you play the cap. It's certainly gonna be interesting to see where they go with that. Um yeah. even a guy like Eric Armstead, you know, mm-hmm. do they decide to, you know, we're losing Pierce. You know, do they decide to put some more money in that inside, as you're saying, inside pass rush or just defensive line in general? I mean, because let's be real, Wormley was Wormley's an okay player, but he's not anything to write home about. We had to sign some guys off the street this year of what Ellis and uh, Pecco. You know, I mean, it's there's some depth positions we need to, you know, strengthen. I mean, Brandon Williams. I mean, he, you know, he had a he had a really nice year. You know, but who's to say we don't trade Brandon Williams or something and maybe we re-sign Pierce? I mean, and that that has no bearing in anything other than me just spitballing. But there are a lot of things we can end up doing to rebuild the front seven. I, you know, major 
major construction work in my mind needs to happen. You know, um, obviously the secondary is fantastic. You know, let them keep doing what they're doing there. But, you know, honestly, other than LJ Fort, who is signed to a deal for next season, who 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 else is guaranteed to come back? Yeah. Other than Jalen Ferguson. Obviously, like him, like Otara Alaka, who was injured all year with, I think he had concussion issues. Okay, but but let's be real. Um, He he may not make it past past training camp. Chris Board uh, is on the roster. And, yeah, I mean, there's really not much. And and that kind of feeds into my idea of of bringing back Judon. And, And it also feeds back into my idea of the window is open. And I don't really think you have the opportunity to be experimental with draft picks when yeah. the window is this wide. I get open it because I it get can it. Shut, it can shut so fast. Yeah. And you know, think about Tyus Bowser, second round pick. That's a big investment. Yeah. And he started to show signs of life in year three. Well, mm-hmm. for a guy picked this year, year three is going to be after Lamar Jackson's. Well, it'll be it'll be Lamar Jackson's last year on his rookie deal. Yeah. So like that's how fast that window is is closing on Lamar's rookie deal, and like that's really the kind of timeline that I'm setting, it, yeah. because once Lamar gets very expensive, which which honestly I hope for his sake that he does, it's going to be tough, and and you see be. a lot of other teams, you know, putting out big contracts for for their quarterbacks, and they likely deserve it, but it's tough to construct a roster uh, around that. So that's my thing he's a known he's a known quantity while he's may not be a superstar he's still a really good player who does a a lot of things for the defense which is outside of just rushing the passer but i think along with that like you said you bring in some options uh to rush the passer through the draft and through free agency and a guy that i really have my eye on is gerald mccoy and and you mentioned him the ravens tried to bring him in before this season and he went down to Carolina on a one-year deal instead. But he played really well, and he's 32 years old, which a lot of mileage for an interior lineman. But, you know, he still had five sacks this year. And, you know, that interior pass rush would do so much uh, for this defense. And I think that he is a guy that we really should target. You also mentioned Eric Armstead. I think he's a really good player that the Ravens should target as well. If they can't get a guy like McCoy, I think that additions like that, where where you have some known quantities and, you know, they're going to be able to immediately impact this defense is a better way to go than to take a a pass rusher in the fourth round and see, see what he can do. You know? Oh, definitely. I agree with that. And, 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 and keep in mind, if, if I, if, in my opinion, if we, if we let Judon go, you're not going to see us not get a pass rusher. Maybe it's not a like-for-like replacement, but I think you'll see the Ravens quickly go out and get Gerald McCoy done or get, you know, get that um, pass rusher done, whether it's Ngakwe or, you know, you name the player that kind of jumps out where you're like, oh, wow, they went and got him? You know, kind of like when when, uh, the Ravens ended up with Earl Thomas this year. You know, and then there's also, too, I think you're going to see the Ravens quickly start with some depth signings on players a lot earlier than maybe they did before. You know, getting the guy like D'Amato Pecco, you know, and uh-huh. and Justin Ellis, maybe lining those guys up now. Maybe even a Timmy Jernigan, who's back on the market. He's a free agent. You know, maybe uh-huh. you get somebody like that who, hey, his inside pass rush is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so... You know, there, there's definitely things that the Ravens will be able to do, you know, hopefully earlier uh, because you're going to have some of these veterans who are like, hey, you know, they they watched last season. So not only do they maybe want to play with Lamar, but they also had to have taken notice of these guys coming off the street, these veterans off the street who haven't been playing anywhere and quickly somehow they're put in and play, Mm -hmm. know that, and not even put in and play, but play well and put in position to succeed. That has to be a selling point for every, you know, veteran free agent that is on the market. And that 
that's huge in my mind. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If we flip it over to the offense, the other big need that, that we see here is wide receiver. This time, I think you build through the draft because this particular draft has a ton of wide receiver talent at the top. Do you agree, or, or would you rather see a young pass rusher? Personally, I, I I look at it this way. We've got – I mean, look, I, I, I certainly – I bearing in mind, I have not looked at the any of the draft, certainly not any of the wide receivers. I could fall in love with one of the wide receivers later on, so I may change my mind later. But at least right now, I look at this offense, and I look at the playoff game against the Titans and what was missing. Not not necessarily wide receiver play, because Marquise Brown was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one-handed catch he made. Oh, boy, yeah. I mean, he was fantastic. But every single other wide receiver left a lot to be desired. You know, I really like him, and his name's escaping me, the young man from Notre Dame that we drafted. Um Number 80. Oh, Boykin? Yep. Boykin, thank you. I like where we are with Boykin and Brown. We've got those two young wide receivers. We've got Willie Sneed. I think he's a nice veteran, third, fourth wide receiver kind of guy. We need somebody who's, you know, if taking the tight ends, out of the equation because obviously you can make the case for Mark Andrews being our possession guy, but taking, taking the tight ends out of the equation, having a good possession, reliable wide receiver, not saying that can't be Marquise Brown, but I think you have to look at Marquise Brown as that electric guy, you know, whether it be going deep or trick play kind of, you know, whatever that may be. That's more Marquise Brown. I'm just talking about that guy that late in the game you're looking for, he's going to come across the middle and make that catch. That's what the Ravens need. And to me, that's a veteran guy. To me, that's going out and finding somebody like an A.J. Green. Maybe not A.J. Green, but I think he'd be almost a perfect veteran. He doesn't have to come in and be the man. We don't need him to come in and be everything every week. I think that's the perfect kind of a guy to come in and play. He can teach Boykin and continue to practice and show him how to do his thing because they're kind of similar players in some respects. And, I mean, that's saying a lot for Boykin. I mean, A.J. Green is A.J. Green. But, Mm -hmm. But that said... I, I think he'd be perfect. I really do. That's interesting. I um, That would be cool at the right price, for sure. At the right I, price. I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not dropping my pants for A.J. Green. You know, I'm not, I'm not killing our cap position for A.J. Green. But mm-hmm. to me, that's the player I want to go for. Okay. That's interesting. I, um, like I said... I think this is where we look to the draft uh, for wideouts. One guy that I particularly have my eye on is, is a day two guy, so maybe round two, round three, K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. He's kind of more of like a slot guy, you know, quicker than fast, um, really good route runner, but, you know, able to get separation. Does he return kicks? No, I don't think so. Uh, but... You know, that's another hole to fill. And then, you know, that's something that yeah. needs to be think of, thought about. But K.J. Hill, another young wideout, going to be around for, you know, l- l- this window that we're talking about. And a uh, very talented player put up some really consistent numbers despite having four different quarterbacks at, at Ohio State. It gets a lot of comparisons to Terry McLaurin. You know, I mean, I'm not certain about that because McLaurin plays a little bit more outside. But. KJ Hill, keep your eye on him. He was really good down at the Senior Bowl this week, and uh, I think that uh, you know he's going to be a guy that kind of rises up in the draft, and maybe the Ravens are able to target him in rounds, maybe like a 
late round two kind of guy if they move around a little bit. I mean, hey, man, I'm all for it. But I mm-hmm. I think the Ravens have to get a, a, a solid vet to add to that to that wide receiver core. I think it, you know, somebody whose hands can be counted on from jump, not not another guy that it needs to learn. And with that in mind, what do you think about this Des the Des Bryant stuff? I he intrigues me, but you know, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of money on Des Bryant, certainly after he's been after how many years has he been out of the league he's now? He's been out a year for two years, yeah. Again, uh, if he wants to come in here and, and prove himself on, you know, a one-year deal and not command too much money, I'm all for it. Uh, give him a shot. Why not? I don't think that he's the guy that you can bank on to come in and, no. you know, he, he might def- he might do that wherever he ends up and if he does end up with a team. But uh, I'm not sure that you can put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, I definitely would not want to. You know, to me, Des Bryant is, uh, you know, like a June signing where you're kind of like, get, you know, draft is over. You're kind of looking for some guys. And like, you know what? Let's give, let's give Brian a shot. You know, yeah. that's, that to me is potentially the time to do that. Obviously, not using up a bunch of your cap, see where he is, and you know, kind of go from there. Um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't want to. I would, I would expect more, for example, way more out of AJ Green certainly than a than a Des Bryant. Now that said, of course, AJ Green also has kind of been out of the league the last two years in some respects based off of injury. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I just think. You know, adding that, you know, and then there's always Emmanuel Sanders. You know, what if what if the Ravens went crazy and got Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, we, we mentioned before we started recording, he's going to be a little bit pricey because of this uh, resurgence that he's had this year, it seems, uh, after his injury. I think he's going to be a little bit too pricey. But, uh, like, that's the kind of guy that I think we need is, like, that tactical route runner, but still, like, a lot of speed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I not, mean, I ge- that's sure. generally what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. When I think of AJ Green, is that guy that tactical guy that's gonna know where all the holes are in the defense? He's gonna and and just be able to make that catch when you need him. Um, but same idea, certainly with the, with Emmanuel Sanders, a little bit of a different, you know, body type receiver, but the same general idea. Um, I just we just need that little bit more of a weapon, you know, if. I, and now look, we could always see that with some of the development, not only of of Marquise Brown, but continued development of you know uh, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst getting really his second full year, you know, uh, where of of play next year because his rookie season was kind of a kind of a waste because of injury, you know. So you know that they they may develop, you know, Boyle's going to continue to develop some, but. I just think, just like with with this year with Mark Ingram, where that veteran guy came in and steadied, not that it was, you know, not that it was going off track in any way, but he definitely came in and steadied the running game. Someone in that same vein to come in and steady as a veteran the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how they allocate some of those salary cap dollars. Um, you know, and the other end to say of it, too, is, yeah. look, the Ravens are going to change. Have, have, they're going to have to change their scheme. You know, because obviously the Titans were, you know, some of it, too, was the Ravens just weren't on their game. But, you know, the, the Titans figured out a way to lock up the tight ends and force Lamar to throw to the wide receivers. And yeah, we saw what that, it. yeah, you know, so, Hey, all it takes is a couple guys to have a couple bad games or, you know, a couple passes to bounce off hands into a defender for suddenly the Ravens to be down and everybody's saying, Oh, they had a bad game with when, you know, the game before, if they had caught those passes and, then they're up by three touchdowns. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't take much for the fortunes of a season to change. And I feel like, you know, the area is certainly on offense. That's just having more reliable hands is just, it, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly agree that you need to add something there. And, um, you know, maybe we can get into that a little bit more in, in future podcasts. And, you know, some if not A.J. Green, if not Des Bryant, who are some other guys that might come in. Absolutely. And, you know, we can talk about the draft. And, you know, that's that's kind of what we'll be doing going forward. We'll talk about free agency. We'll talk about the draft and, uh, you know, really get into some prospects. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we sign off here? You know, it's been such a fun year this year. You know, you talked about whether it was successful or not. I mean, I've had some of the most fun watching Ravens games this season than I think I have ever had. I mean, because even the Super Bowl teams had some real clunker games where you're like, oh, God, how is our offense ever going to do anything? And, you know, man, was this season a breath of fresh air. You know, that said, we got to get our defense together because not having a great defense or or at least a defense that's stout like we're used to was hard to watch every now and then. But, man, was that offense a thing of beauty. Yep, absolutely it was. And uh, hopefully more to come in the 2020 season. You want to sign us off? Well, everybody, thanks again for listening to us this season uh, for – Hopefully what was an enjoyable season of crab cakes and football. As TK mentioned, keep listening to us throughout the offseason as we try to check in from time to time on any big Ravens moves. But we'll also do our best to preview the draft and any kind of major free agent news or or rumors that are out there. We'll try to have some shows occasionally throughout the offseason to get that done for you. But in the meantime... As always, we say, go Ravens. Go Ravens.